everyone and welcome to another fantastic edition of the Photography Bar podcast. Um, I'm Mark and as usual I'm joined by Cam and Sarah and of course we have a special guest today, friend of the show, Colin from the Societies. How are you doing? You're all right? Yeah I'm great thank you and uh, thanks for inviting me back. Always love being part of the podcast. It's uh, it, yes yeah, so it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. stuff. Um, so the uh, Colin is um, part of uh, organising the societies uh, of it says the societies of photographers 2023 London Photo Convention and Trade Show. That's what it says on the website. That's correct. And, yeah, uh, it's quite late this year, isn't it, uh, Colin? Yeah. So uh, s- since COVID and all that kind of stuff, uh, when the photography show moved to September, we took their time slot in March. Uh, in 2024, they're actually moving back to March, so we're moving back yeah. to January. So it's it's kind of going back to the the good old days of the convention running in January. We're really looking forward to it. I, I miss the January slide. Actually, I think it's a time for photographers where they can all they can all actually go. Most people can go. Once you start to get to that March April, then it sort of kicks off again, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, and you know, so so many people have said that to us. Uh, you know, we, we obviously at the time we thought the March slot would be. Uh, something completely different for us but everyone seems to be really happy it's moving back to January so yeah uh, did, you, did you notice a difference in how many people sort of attended and stuff compared to January and March or was it about the same yeah about, about the same to be honest I mean obviously uh, figures have been slightly uh skewed somewhat because last year yeah. when we had the show it was just coming out of uh the Covid restrictions it was that point in time where you weren't too sure whether you could shake hands or bump fists or elbows whatever it might have been so yeah, it was a bit of a weird time, but the, the attendance has been fairly consistent across all the years, to be fair. Brilliant. Um, hoping, obviously, this year will be a bit of a bumpy year with the photography show not taking place uh, this year. I, th- I think we might might see a bit of an increase in, uh, you know, numbers, certainly in visitors and, of course, some of the new trade that I've exhibited this time. Actually, that was yeah. going to be one of my questions, really, how that has affected. Because, te- you know, essentially, there's no photography show this year. Sure, so, yeah. um, and I understand why they couldn't, like, change it to early after having it late last year. It'd be too much to organise, I guess. So I'm sure you can, uh, yeah. sure you can understand, Colin. But yeah, I was just wondering. Oh, I can imagine. They, they, I mean, they, they said, you know, they couldn't do one six months apart from each other. It'd just be just too much, yeah. you know, uh, too, too much for everyone, to be honest. Uh, you know, so I think they took the right decision just to delay it a little bit further. And uh, I'm sure that would just make people even more kind of like uh, engaged with the photography show when it returns for 2024. Uh, I'm sure they'll put on another fantastic show. So does that mean you, I mean, I don't know how this part of it all works, like getting people to your show and, and all that kind of stuff, because I'd imagine when you're doing it, you are competing maybe um, against maybe something like the photography show or whatever so do you find that people are like guest speakers and all that are more available now because obviously the photography show is not happening until next year Uh, yeah i mean uh, to some extent uh you know that that's probably um true to some extent for this year uh but i think a lot of uh you know the 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 trade and the, the photographers and the speakers um, you know, most of them actually speak at both events or they exhibit at both events. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we've got some new brands on this year that I don't think would have come if it wasn't for you know the photography show and that that little bit of a break. Uh, but by and large, I, I think you know the the audiences uh, at the photography show and at ours remain the same whether we're we're both on that year or it's just one of us. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, I, I'm not too sure about the photography show, but certainly with our convention, there's a lot of uh, networking and a lot of uh, people come down to meet up with friends that they've seen over the years and years and years. Uh, as I'm sure you know, the, the bar actually at our convention is 
it is the hub of the convention uh, <laughs> and, and people really do come down to meet up with all their old friends and you know you watch the bar scene at night and it's just it's really cool to watch everyone kind of meet them back up again so I think that has a massive pull for our convention as well. Mm. Mm. Right, we're going to come back on uh, uh, to talk about the convention in a little bit more detail, but um, I wanted to uh, just, uh, we're, we're all, you know, sort of uh, gear geeks, aren't we, in the photography and video world? Okay, we love a good lens, don't we? A bit of glass. <laughs> and the a nice bit of glass, yeah. <laughs> right, a new, the new camera that's coming out. So I want to quickly jump on to just, you know, for for mainly for Canon and uh, um, Nikon users, uh, some of the new products that have been launched recently. When we've done some reviews of these products, but I just wanted to go over them again. Um, the Nikon uh, Nikon Z range or Z range, um, I've started calling it the Z range. I was calling it the Z range for ages. I've now got back to saying Z. That's because you're British, away there, right? <laughs> That's because <laughs> you're British. I, hate, I know, I hate saying Z. I hate saying Z. All right, but okay, so the Nikon Z 85mm 1.2 lens, uh, obviously for their new mirrorless range of cameras. The what? What is it? Their, what, what's their range? It's the Z9 is their newest camera, isn't it? I think that's, yes. their, that's their flagship model, I believe. Yep. Yeah, it's the one that people were waiting for quite a while to get hold of, I think. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, so this 85mm prime lens is, is a great addition, and at 1.2, uh, retailing at just under £3,000, that's what it's going to be. That's what that's what uh, photographers are looking at. So before those of you listening to this, the Nikon users, before you say, oh, well, I'm going to get one of those, just remember the, the, the price is around three grand. So it's a yeah, which hell is, of an investment. Yeah, you could probably buy a car for that, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> exactly, that's right, yeah. <laughs> now, something a little bit less, uh, the other end is a... Uh, um, and I really like this uh, Nikon said it's a 26 mil 2.8 lens and this is a pancake lens and that means that it's just a very very slim lens now mm. I used one of these on the Panasonic range when I was using Panasonic for video going back a few years ago we had a 20 mil pancake lens and uh, it was brilliant putting the the G the G5 camera that we were using on there, GH5, I can't remember what it is now, I don't have it anymore, and putting a 20mm pancake lens on there and then using it on one of the cranes where you lift up and you could walk with the camera. And they're really slim lenses, and I think these are great. It's it's the lightest it's the lightest lens uh, that Nikon do in their Z range. Um, and if you want some wide-angle stuff, something that's not going to take up a lot of space in your camera bag, um, pancake lenses, are, I think, are, are really good. Uh, they're, they're a good investment, and particularly also for videographers and bloggers, vloggers, shall we say, uh, is the right <laughs> word, not bloggers, vloggers. Um, because a lot of it is and content creators is the word that we use now. The word yes. photography is the word photography is going, Colin. It's content creators. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> um, so Canon, I think Canon's latest, moving on to Canon, their latest camera body that's being released is the R8, which has been released. Uh retails at about 16, 1700 pounds, depending on where you get it from. That's UK. Um and it says it's designed for hybrid shooters looking for to expand their creativity to ter creative territory and bask in the benefits of full frame outside the studio uh 24.2 megapixel full frame and at 1700 pounds that's a that's a pretty good price that how much uh, yeah. more is it offering in comparison to the r6 though well look, i'd imagine it'll be slimmed down from the r6 though surely I, I would have thought so. That's right. Yeah. I mean, R8, 1600. I mean, how much is the R6 roughly? What does that retail at? Well, they've released the Mark II now, haven't they? So um, it's probably about 2526, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
So it's going to be a, a should we say a lighter version, but it says I think yeah. it's, it says designed for hybrid shooters. Um, moving on for that, um, they've got the. Would be interesting that, to know what the main differences are. We'll have to we'll have to do a proper look up. You know, well, rather Canada's, yeah, <laughs> I have to do my jobs properly. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see if we can get that from Canon. Canon's sending us uh, a couple of cameras that we've got coming in the next couple of weeks that we're going to be doing product reviews on. Yeah. Um, oh, well, if they uh, want to uh, send me one really soon, I can take it abroad with me, get some beautiful landscape photography. <laughs> <laughs> well, as it happens, two days before we receive it, I'm off to Cairo. Oh, <laughs> are you? <laughs> so, which I only realised today, actually. So, um, but mind you, we've got two coming and, and some different lenses that they're very kindly going to be sending us for review. So we're looking forward to receiving those. So uh, uh, so we'll see, we'll put those cameras through their paces, uh, the three of us, myself, Sarah and Mark. So yes. looking forward to that as well. Um, now, the other thing I've noticed here, Canon's R50 digital camera uh Eight, with an 1845mm lens, which comes in white. Okay, it's a camera body that comes in white. Or, okay. But I know Canon do their, I suppose, grey. It's, it's a grey, those lenses, aren't they, Mark? You're more a, a yeah, it's, you and it's, Sarah. it's an off-white. I wouldn't say it was white-white, but... Uh, yeah, doesn't it just always end up looking grubby and a bit yellow? Yeah. Yeah, I never really understood why they did it, to be honest. I suppose it's to stand out. But it's not just them that do it. Um, I think Sony do it as well, don't they? Yeah, I think Sony do it, yeah. Yeah, so I never yeah. really understood why. But I suppose it's it's a visual separation, isn't it, from their top lens to their not-so-top lens? Yeah, well, this is, I mean, this is this is their camera body. It just seems odd that it's white. You know, you imagine all the, the, the grubby hands that get, you know, uh, put all over the cameras. Can you imagine yeah. that how much it would mark? Uh, I mean, so, it, it does say this is for beginners. So I saw okay. the product shot was in white, but I, I, I presume that they had a, a range of colours or... But is it just in white, is it? It just looks like it's in white. The, the oh, okay. EOS R50 says bring signature Canon specs to a compact, lightweight and user-friendly body. The entry-level camera is a perfect introduction to the mirrorless market with a 24-megapixel uh, APS-C uh, size sensor, so not full frame. Um, it does 4K video. Uh, and it says, thanks to its simple do-it-all design, this camera is well-equipped and ready to achieve to to. Uh, whether to help active creators start elevating their content okay, so, uh... <laughs> although i have to say I, th I think they may have missed a trick here colin you should be on their uh, marketing team or something because they could do all sorts of different colors and they you know like, like iphone do <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well to be honest when i saw the product chart i just thought that that was just one of the uh, you know a, a variety of colors that they were going to be bringing out uh, I, you know, I saw, I saw, I saw the, the the product shots as I said, but I didn't read too much more into it than that. But mm. yeah, yeah. Well, it's based on it says it's entry level, so I wonder whether they wanted to make it stand out on the shelves at maybe Curry's yeah, or something yeah. like that. John Lewis, people go in there immediately. They're why, made... why? <laughs> they're... why? 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 Yeah, why? Why? It's just gonna yeah. look filthy. So, Mark, let me pick you up on something here, okay? Because <laughs> you had to say it, didn't you? Okay, you well, said Curry's. You know, like uh, no, about the colors. Oh yeah. Said, oh, Apple did it with I their. I know, you're, I know you're Apple precious, okay? So when no, Apple... no, 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 I was just taking the Mickey, really. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> so, so when Apple, and I know Sarah is also an Apple Apple user yeah. as well, okay? I used to be, and uh, and and do you remember when Canon uh, Apple introduced these phones and they, they did them in a range of colours? Yeah. Well, their advertising was as though they'd invented colour. <laughs> no one's ever seen color before no. <laughs> we are giving you not just a phone but we're inventing color that's what it's all about but you know i mine is blue so yeah it works <laughs> always space gray or black i can't i i love the neutral 
Uh, well, I do <laughs> I normally. I I did nearly go for just the black, but I just thought, no, I'll go for a blue. It looks quite Very funky. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's an so exceptionally different. dark shade of blue that in some lights looks black, though, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll just put my light up. There you go. That's pretty blue. Oh, it? okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So the last couple of products, and and then before we move on, just these are just a new product, recent product launches. Uh, this, you know, we've been talking about third party uh, batteries, haven't we? Recently, you know, about how yeah. photographers, you know, what you know, are third batteries, third party batteries worth buying and, and investing in? Um, well, these are third. Well, Sigma, great third party. Cameron um who else is there uh what's the other one cam you just lost a bit of reception there mate oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah so like, start that again yeah so uh talking about third-party lens providers um we've got tamron uh sigma and who, who's the other one um i've to- got some of their lenses tokina no not tokina uh I've so got sigma the- tamron um yeah. i don't know we- you've got the lenses cam i know we use the city <laughs> lenses I've gone completely blank. I can't remember the name of the company. Uh, um, Japanese, Chinese. You sure it's not Tokina? I think it's Chinese. Uh, no, it's not. Anyway, going on to Sigma, uh, they've, they've, released a, <laughs> they've, re- they've released great research there. Great research. Old man losing memory, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've released a 50, Sigma 50mm 1.4, uh, one of their art lenses for the L-mount. So that's Canon, I believe. Is Canon the L-mount? Uh, can I, uh, yeah. no, it's EF. No, but L mounts as well. Got oh, the L mounts. Colin, Colin yeah. was nodding his head then. Like, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, so it says the Sigma 50mm one-point uh, art lens, because that's their top-end lenses, aren't they? The, the Sigma art lenses. So they have mm. a high, high performance in a, in, a, in a compact build. Uh, it says the standard prime lens is for mirrorless cameras. There's an ultra-wide f1.4 aperture that lives with excellent visuals in low-light conditions. I've had a couple of Sigma art lenses in the past. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, those third-party lenses there, I think Sigma are, uh, are one of the best ones Sigma are a good one. Yeah, and, and they do one for Sony, uh, Sigma 50mm for Sony for uh, their E-mount, uh, and it's a 1.4. And as we found, as we spoke about recently, last year, Sony are the officially the biggest photography company in the world, aren't they? Okay, oh, so, so, hang on, hang on. Uh, let's get Colin's view <laughs> on this. With Canon, with, <laughs> Canon, with Canon second and Nikon fifth, did you know this, Colin? Uh, I, yeah, I saw, I saw it last couple of days, yeah. yeah. See, my, my issue with it is, I mean, we don't know all the details i guess but you know are they it's done by sales and stuff isn't it but it's just sony so are they you adding want a PS- category breakdown yeah, on the specific yeah. photographic equipment they produce well I, you know if they're adding ps5 sales in there to make them the biggest photographer that's a, that's a rip so it's i don't know i agree <laughs> if i'm gonna put it out there i do agree <laughs> but it I mean, when, get... when we've served our, surveyed our members over the last couple of years certainly uh sony uh Gaining a lot of ground on the market. That that's mm. that that that's um, you know we we're seeing that uh, quite often. Um, Canon kind of holding their own, and it, to be fair, it seems to be kind of Nick on that uh, slowly losing the ground to Sony uh, is yeah. what the stats are saying to us anyway. Do you think yeah. that's been happening for quite some time? That uh, we always felt that that we've we've always said it that Nick Nikon hadn't been to ground. They, they weren't groundbreaking in any way you know they've sort of seemed to follow the trend and okay yeah they're 
there's Z range of cameras, the Z6, Z7, and he had the Mark IIs and the Z9. Great cameras, you know. Um, and I think Nikon have said this many times: have the most user-friendly camera menu system out of any of the, uh, you know, out of any of the and of any of the brands. But they've not innovated in any way. I don't think. At least that's been our thoughts, isn't it? At least on the show. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think so. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've just had a look up its Samyang lenses that I was talking about. Samyang. We use some of their cine lenses for video filming, which are fantastic. So yeah. anyway, so now one of the reasons why I wanted to say this, that all this new equipment that's coming out is because if you go, no doubt, to the Society Show in March, you can buy most of this gear at some great prices. Is that right, Colin? That's, that's a great link. link. What yeah, a yeah, link. <laughs> perfectly done. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, a lot of the a lot of the brands that we've been talking about, uh, are going to be exhibiting at the convention. Obviously, a lot of their latest products are going to be on show, uh, and the show is supported by two retailers. That's Park Cameras and Camera Centre UK, uh, and they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be having some fantastic offers, uh, you know, on on the gear uh, available to take home with you. So, you know, um, I, I'm I'm at the moment I'm weighing up buying a new camera, uh, and you know when I when I like to buy a new gadget or a new toy or something like that. I'm very impatient. When I've decided I want something, I'll go out and just buy it straight away. You know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. go and find it somewhere online, or go to a local shop and buy it. Uh, but I'm actually, for once, I'm holding my uh, my wallet in my pocket, and I'm going to save myself, and I'm probably going to purchase something at the convention myself because I know the deals there that they're, they're going to be really, really, uh, you know, great deals. So uh, I think I'll save myself some money and and hold off and buy something there. But yeah, loads of great offers available at the convention this year. Well, Matt, can I press you on what camera you're looking to get? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Have you got two in mind? Have you got a comparison I, going on? I, 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 I think I'm probably going to be swayed by whatever deal uh, I can uh, get off one of the retailers there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I've had quite a few Canons in the past. Uh, I'm weighing up getting a Sony, so I don't even know what brand to go for at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm thinking probably mirrorless. Um, yeah. But you know, I just I just want something all rounder, uh, you know, just to take out when we you know we're on days out. So just a good all rounder is what I'm looking for. Yeah. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to go for. <laughs> well, I, I remember at the last show. I think we'd mark out. We'd been there for what five minutes, ten minutes. I think I was already about five, six thousand pounds oh, lighter. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but the guys that 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 where I bought it from it did, did me such a great deal, and they also gave me a free Godox flash on top of what I already spent as well. So oh, wow. yeah, and uh, so that that was that, that was really good. So those are the type of deals that I, I'm not saying that every every one of the retailers is going to give everyone a free Godox flash. <laughs> Okay. regardless how there's much there's more spend. room for negotiation and discussion over a deal you can have right yeah yeah definitely yeah and especially at the events because the uh you know the the brands are there they want to support the retailers there as well so, you know so they give the retailers some really good strong offers uh which they can then pass on to the visitors you know so it wins for everyone uh and as you say you know you, you can you can always get a little bit more i think uh a bit more negotiation skill at the events as well yeah can't and hurt I mean, to ask for a little bit more you, no, that's what it. you're gonna get is a no isn't it yes i mean i held off for getting what i wanted to get until that show was on and it, and, and it was quite a few months i thought no i'm just gonna wait because without a doubt the, the best deals that you're going to get at the shows and i didn't want to i didn't want to get a gray import i wanted to get something from a uk dealer mm. uh you know spending that much money i wanted to I didn't, I didn't want to go down down that route yes i could have saved some money doing it that way um but we've spoken about that sort of many times um 
so if any of you i mean i mean it's not that far away we'll talk about dates in a moment um but it's really literally a few weeks away so if any any of you've got anything on your wish list um you know i would just wait until the show you know um, because you can do your research about the products beforehand uh, and then go armed with the knowledge that uh, that you need and then it's really just a matter of going there and and just saying to somebody look this is what i want to buy and this is what i really want to spend so Mm. I think I really appreciate as well when people when you sort of face to face with somebody who's incredibly knowledgeable about their specific product and how they're able to explain to you in a human format you can read all the reviews you like online but there's nothing Mm. quite the same as actually speaking to an actual human and hearing how it works it just for me it works out better and it being hands-on with it a little bit more as well yeah Yeah. I mean that's what I was just going to say I mean the great thing you know going to shows as well is not only the offers but if you've researched, uh, you know, something that you want to buy online, there's no better thing than actually getting your hands on it. You know, go, go into one of the stands and picking up the camera or the lens and actually playing with it before you purchase it. Because you can get a good feel of is it what's in your mind? Is that what actually is? It is in, in real life. So, you know, that's another great thing about the shows that you can go and play at the same time. And it's not so easily done these days, is it, to be able to get your hands on this equipment? I mean, obviously, I used to work for Jessup's back in the day, and there was Jessup's stores all over the place. You had Jacobs as well, London Camera Exchange. London Camera Exchange is still around. Um, But it's very rare now. You get a high street camera shop, I'd I'd suggest. Um, I'm quite fortunate where I am in Birmingham, obviously. I've got Wex not far yeah. down the road that's the first thing i did when i was looking into which camera i wanted to go for i was like i need i need to go check out the sony i need to check mm. out the canon mirrorless and you know you can you can research all you like on the best price and stuff but until i got in and held it and spoke to somebody about how to use it what's the best format all of this kind of thing yeah you know somebody else's opinions and views on on the pros and the cons because they would have played with it a lot more than i would in the five minutes that i'm in the shop mm. uh, it makes such a difference in sort of how much knowledge you can gain in a short space of time by actually talking to somebody about it. Yeah, yeah. and also it's, it's comes from a place of knowledge as well. I mean, some reviews are just people who have had it. And I, I want to be nice here, but, you know, if you go to a, someone who's an unbiased person who's selling cameras or the brands, they're going to give you that honest opinion about stuff. Because I know I used to when I was working working at Jessup's, you know, there was cameras I liked, there's cameras I didn't like. So, um, and I made sure people knew what that was and the reasons why behind it which is a bit different to review, I guess. Yeah. And the shops are few and far between now. I mean, there isn't a local yeah. camera shop. Well, I suppose Wex have opened up in Milton Keynes, which is probably about a 25-minute drive, which is brilliant. I've uh, mm. been over there a couple of times. It's not it's not actually that far. But, you know, every town going back years ago had one or two camera shops. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it was, you know, where you could go in and try something that doesn't exist now. And, Mark, Sarah, you both know that we do quite a bit of work in Bath now, don't we, each mm. year? And, and right opposite where we work. Uh, it's a London camera there, exchange. It's a London camera exchange. You know, yeah. every time I go there, I go into London camera exchange. <laughs> yeah um and uh three or three times i've been there twice i've gone in i didn't need anything i just wanted to go in there have a look around okay (laughs) it's always camera bags to look at (laughs) you and your camera bags right always a camera bag to look at but the thing is is they got got us out of a bit of a situation because i needed some compact flashcards i needed four compact flashcards um at a at a graduation ceremony that i needed to yeah. sort of hand out and like where are you going to get compact flashcards from well luckily it was opposite the road from where we were working i mean yeah you know, it's a london camera uh, exchange yeah, yeah exactly that's right yeah so um you know it's 
it, you know, whenever you see a shop somewhere, you think, oh, wow, that's this, you know, oh, it's a camera shop. At least that's how I feel anyway. Mm. Um, so, yeah, trade, you know, there's going to be loads of options to buy. And also there's also the impulse buys, aren't there, as well, at the, the shows. Yeah, camera bags, as we said, right? You know, <laughs> I reckon you could you could open a camera bag shop, Cam. I, I mean... <laughs> I, th- I suppose it's you know you going somewhere and you're experiencing whatever's going on you kind of want to go away with something so even if it is something small if it's a lens cloth whatever you kind of like yeah i got this at this show well you're inspired as well aren't you um oh, i mean because yeah. it's not because it's not just about the trays obviously there's some speakers and any speakers specifically to look out for in this year's show colin Oh, oh, the speakers! Uh, I mean, we could do a full podcast just on the uh, the speakers. I'm to be honest, sure, we, we, I'm sure. we've we've got such an amazing lineup this year. Uh, I mean, we've got people uh, coming from over from Australia, like Kelly Brown, who's a newborn photographer. We've got Chris Anderson coming over from Australia, from America. We've got people like Alison Carlino. Um, you know, just just so many fantastic speakers. Uh, we've also got a live stage this year, uh, which ah. is free to attend in the, within the actual trade show. Uh, so that's going to be um, a great, great mix of speakers. Um, so obviously no, no need to pay for that. It's completely free of charge, part of the, the trade show ticket. Uh, and the, there's going to be uh, uh, speakers sponsored by Canon, Sony, Photospeed are doing a couple of talks on printing. Uh, we've got Roads Light and Creative Hub Events going to be doing some uh, lighting demonstrations, uh, doing showing some uh, fashion and por- uh, beauty portraiture and all that kind of stuff um you know so th- there's loads of free education on within the trade show as well uh you know and that's n- that's another benefit um you know so we've also got some business ones so if you're looking to improve your business uh then there's going to be some talks on um about uh marketing and all kind of that kind of stuff on the live stage as well so a real good mix of uh something for everyone um which i'm really looking forward to that's uh, something i'm excited about but of course we've got the masterclass program and as i said you know we've got speakers coming from all across the world uh, to speak at the event and um you know if you're looking to improve your photography or take your business forward a bit then you know there, there's a there's a class on for you to uh you know to really help you and um you know like most events the speakers are there to help so it's not just after it's not just the master class itself it's uh going into the bar afterwards and you know quite often you see the classes they they do their class and then they they go to the bar or they stand in the corridors and they they carry on talking and you know there, there's so much knowledge being shared at the event um you know it's it, it really is worthwhile i know it can cost a bit of money to get down to london and uh you know invest in it but you know that's what you are doing you're investing in your your, your photography and in your business uh you know and the returns could can easily pay off uh very quickly uh just implementing some some of the little tips and tricks into your photography or business can uh, really pay dividends going forward yeah, I'd vouch for that. Mark and I both vouch for that because, you know, we've been to the been going to the trade show many, many years. And then for the for the podcast last year, we were talking to some of the people that ran the master classes and we sat in on some of those master classes and we dipped in and out some. And you know, I always say that, you know, you can you know, you might look at a master class or talk or something and you 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 sort of think, well, I, I I know this, I don't really need to go. But if you go into any of those master classes and if you walk away with just one thing yep. that you yep. can put into practice, then that maybe that one hour talk was worth sitting in just for that one thing because i've yeah. had that i've had that experience mm. and uh i'll tell you something that i know it sounds so ridiculously obvious now but going back many many years ago mark cleghorn was doing a talk and uh i went into to do the talk and uh we were talking about he was talking about using two cameras at, at, at weddings and he was saying about 
I'm syncing your cameras. Okay. <laughs> and Robert, I was with. Yeah. You got mute, Cam. Are we there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, got a mic problem here. So uh so Mark Clegg wanted said about time syncing both cameras uh when you're at a wedding, or if you've got three cameras or four cameras, time sync them. And and Robert and I were at the show, we were sitting next to one and we looked at one another, and it's like why on earth have we not been time syncing our cameras? <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? Okay, mm. but it's one of the, and it's just years ago. And ever since then, Mark, as you know, if we're if we're at shoot, we always time sync. Have you yeah. time synced your camera? Have you time synced yeah. your camera? Because good I tend to forget sense. sometimes, but yeah, you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it does go wrong sometimes. But you know what? That 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 little for me spending all that money to go to that show at that particular time for that little piece of information was amazing like it was worth it just for that i mean, I mean they they tend to be i mean it, it's the talks that i that are in my field the things that i probably know the most about are the ones i gravitate to anyway because there's always something you don't know mm. there's always something so you mentioned a newborn um a talk so you know on the day that i'm down if, if that talk is there that's the one i'd probably go to because i do a lot of newborns and if there's that little bit of you know little snippet of knowledge go Oh yeah, I'd, I've not done that. I'll try that. Do you know what I mean? It, it, you're always learning. It doesn't matter how proficient you are in your area. You, you're there's always room for learning more. Oh, definitely. And, and the other feedback we get is that you know some somebody might go to a uh, a masterclass that's on a, a different genre for what they don't shoot, and they'll pick up something that they can actually utilize it in, in what they yeah. shoot. So they might turn up to a newborn uh, photography masterclass. And they're talking about lighting or that they might mention about something, uh, you know, about marketing or the way they do this. They go, oh, actually, I can use that in my uh, my weddings or I can use that in my uh, product product photography or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, quite often you, you tend to find that the stuff crosses over. Uh, so quite often people people sit in a class that, that, you know, is not really part of their field, but they still get something out of it. How many people on average have attended the show sort of year on year? Colin, have you got, do you know? Yeah, sure. So uh, the uh, the actual trade show gets over 10,000 visitors uh, over the, the three days. So uh, that's what we're on course for this year to, to see over 10,000 visitors there. The master classes, we get about uh, 400 to 500 people a day attending them. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, uh, that that's just part of the convention. We also got the, the live judging. Uh, which again is free to attend uh, and I would recommend anybody who's got uh, spare time on either the Wednesday or the Thursday to go down and watch the judging. It really is an invaluable uh, learning process. Uh, so the judging is done by five of our uh, fellow uh, fellow graded photographers uh, and th they'll be kind of critiquing and talking and scoring the images and the images that they're, they're looking at are 20 by 16 printed uh, but they're also projected up on the screen so you can see what the judges are talking about, uh, you know, when they're referencing uh, the composition of the the, you know, the photograph or the lighting or whatever it may be. So you can see what the judges are talking about. That's completely free to attend. You don't even need a ticket for it. So, you know, anybody listening uh, who wants to uh, get those nuggets of information from the judges, uh, I would highly recommend going to watch the 20 by 16 print competition judging. It's it's fantastic. You know, we get hundreds of people watching now. We've also got the awards dinner where we'll get about 400 people to that this year. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a big old event. It is, yeah. Now, I just want to, again, just back that up on, Colin, what you just said there about the, the, the marking. 
um, you know, of the the print competition. Because Mark, do you remember last year when we spoke to a couple, of, a couple to, of the yeah. couple of people of the couple of the judges there, and they were telling us how they did it on, and it was on one of mm. if anyone wants to go and listen to the pod, but we'll do it again this year, and about how they were judging, what they were looking for, and it was truly fascinating that um, because you know we all look at everything differently and take and take different things and and it was very interesting that their criteria it's very different to the way you would think about looking at an image i know that they were going through the points that they have and everything so that's really worth knowing about particularly if you do enter competitions that actually, that actually leads on quite well to my sort of next question it's it's print and i think i've asked this so many times in the past because how many people are actually really looking at print these days because I remember sort of, you know, over the last few years or years ago when I was printing in the darkroom, it was all about print quality. It's all about print quality. And then obviously as darkrooms phased out, they were going into uh, a, a lot of photographers had sort of desktop printers that they were printing there. Now that's a lot of that I think is gone. I think they're sending them out to labs because it's so cost effective. But how many people still view the print as being so precious I, I certainly think on the professional side, quite quite high uh, amount. Uh, I, I still think it's it's a very high amount. You know, um, I think of the last few years, a lot a lot more photographers are selling uh, what they call wall art. So you know, yep. it's it, it's gone from uh, you know selling um, seven by fives that people might have on their desk in work and all that kind of stuff, and they're they're making their photography more of uh, an art piece. You know, for for want of a better word. So they'll take a um, a hero shot or a signature shot, uh, and then and then sell that as, as a piece of wall art uh, to uh, you know to their clients. I think that that's been um, you know a really good way of keeping the the, the print industry going. Uh, you know, and we we try and hammer home you know to photographers and, and to the general public how important it is to print. You know, it it's not the same. Uh, you know, looking at pictures on your phone or on your laptop. People still really do value uh, prints, um, and do you know what? Actually, we tend to find quite a lot of people are still printing at home on printers. Uh, that the market for printers, papers, and inks is is, is still a very big market. Uh, there's there's always new products coming out. Uh, in fact, at the convention, I think there's a couple of new papers being launched at the convention. Um, so you know that that that'll be good to see. Um, and the uh, certainly the labs they're they're very uh, been very innovative lately and they're coming up with new products and new things that photographers can sell their clients so they're really leading the way with uh you know keeping the print going and uh finding new products that you know keep keep the photography industry fresh really yeah i'm interested to know what sort of younger generations what they feel about print uh like if you go back to let's say anyone studying a level btech photography hnc hnd and sort of higher on from that I wonder how much of the course syllabus is now uh, concentrate maybe on print quality at all. Mark, Mark have you got any? Have you, do you know anything about that? Or when you, when you were studying, did, did they well, talk about any sort of print quality? <laughs> I mean, I was studying about twenty odd years ago now. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I don't like yeah. to admit it. It's um, it was a long time. I mean, I, when I was studying, mm. it was I was still using film. So um, it, it's different. I I don't really know. I mean, I I, I do talk to people here and there. I, I think. 
you know, people say, oh, yeah, we do, we do photography courses. Basically, it means they're doing digital stuff. So there's no dark room involved, which I always think is a shame. But then on the flip side, I get it because I think I spoke to you, I think a couple of episodes ago. I said I do feel sometimes that there's there's certain skills that I had acquired over those years that are no longer needed. They're almost redundant. Yeah. You know? So when I did a photography course, the first thing we learned was development of your film and your printing of own photos and stuff like this and really getting to know what the basics of photography is before you proceed forward and I know we've spoken about it only a little while ago about what people are doing with all the photos they take and yeah you know the use of photo albums are sort of gone out the window a little bit and it would be nice to see sort of those things come back a little bit perhaps Mm. the courses well you know like i've been running for sort of photography courses for adults for, for going back years and part of those uh, i mean i stopped doing it about five years ago um during the first course that we did i always did pinhole photography so i got mm. them to make their own pinhole camera and uh, then they would process it and uh, the, the following week and they i mean that lesson would go by so quick they'd always want to do it again and whatever but you know what i have to be honest it's such a faff because i had to take the trays into the academy where i was teaching where i had use of the rooms uh the chemicals had to set them all up I'd yeah take black paper tape all around that and whatever so i think i stopped doing it just because it, it was such a faff i had an assistant with me at the time when i was doing it so it made it easier you think about you know on it was, uh, Photoshop all the you know the little tools and stuff you've got you, you burn tool and things. How many of a younger generation understand the meaning as to why they have those names? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also there's the basics of it, isn't there? I mean, yes, I've, obviously I've just said there's a lot of skills I used to have, darkroom skills that you know I haven't used in nearly fifteen years. Um, well, probably longer than that actually. Um, but you know. For the photography, I mean, essentially, and I've said this again before, you know, we're not photographers anymore because we don't use the photographic process anymore. We use sensors and digital pixels and all this kind of stuff. But all that technology or is is basically replicating what film did. Hmm. And that and you know, especially when digital cameras first came out, they were just you know, film 35 mil film is still better than a four million pixel digital slr at the Mm. time Um, and they got to a point where they were just you know trying to make sure it was as good as film and now it is there isn't it i think we can all agree it's pretty much there um now it's obviously going to i'd imagine surpass it um but nevertheless the way that the sensors work it mimics how film works you know it's all about light hitting something um so the essence of it is all still from film and i'd like to think that if there's a course going on um, for a beginner's course or especially maybe in, in like uh, mainstream education whether it's a levels or whether well, it's not a levels anymore is it i don't know but um you, you know that, that they are teaching that at least at the beginning because that is the fundamentals of what all this digital tech has been built on hmm. uh, well, my, my experience of the a level course I mean, it's possibly changed now was it was always an art-based course it's more art-based than it was actual photography hmm. uh, it's more to do with you know uh you know sort of the, the history of photography and experimenting and that type of thing Conceptual. rather than actually yeah rather than actually learning really about how the camera works hmm. um i always thought the course was a little bit misleading actually i think they needed to to make sure that people got a good grounding in photography um which i don't think they do or, or at least they didn't going back years ago on the a-level course i'm i'm hoping that's changed particularly now with uh being more so digital but um now, uh, we've not actually mentioned the date of the show other than saying it's in the convention, so I think it's in March, okay? So it is for Wednesday the 15th to Saturday the 18th of March. Um, the free trade show, in fact, Colin, I'll let you tell everyone the dates and, and what's happening in each of the days. 
Cool. Yeah. So uh, the Wednesday that that will be the um, uh, the the first day. So on that day, uh, there's a business school running. So if you're looking to improve your business, we've got a full day uh, just on uh, on business, uh, and it's going to go through marketing, upselling, uh, knowing where your profit is, and all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking to improve your business, then that's the uh, that that's the uh, thing to go to. Uh, so that's on uh, Wednesday the fifteenth. Going through uh, from the Thursday onwards, uh, that's when the trade show opens. So the trade show will be open the Thursday to the Saturday. So that's Thursday the 16th to Saturday the 18th of March, 2023. Um, so trade shows open nine till five, nine to four on the Saturday. Um, we've also got all the masterclasses running uh, from the Wednesday right through. Uh, the awards night will be on the Friday night. So Friday the 17th of March we'll, when we'll be doing our Photographer of the Year presentation. Uh, we've got super classes running. They run from Wednesday the 15th to Saturday the 18th. The super classes, they are small, intimate classes of uh, limited to just 15 delegates. Uh, so with that, we'll get some of our um, uh, some of our speakers. They'll be doing four hour classes. So we'll be going really in depth into a, a certain topic, whether that be newborn photography or it will be marketing or it will be lighting or whatever it might be. Uh, then they're the kind of like um, the the more hands on kind of classes, um, and the uh, yeah as I said twenty by sixteen print competition. If you want to watch that judging, uh, it's free of charge, and that runs on Wednesday the fifteenth to Thursday the sixteenth of March twenty twenty three. Uh, there's also qualifications being assessed at that time. So if you are thinking about going for qualifications and you want to see how they work, uh, then we'll be doing printed submission at the convention. Uh, so you'll be able to watch the judges, uh, you know, again, critiquing a full panel of images rather than just one at a time. Uh, so, again, very well, well worth going to. Uh, and there's lots more on, on, on offer, as I said. The, uh, you know, if you go to the trade show, the bar area is a fantastic place to go to in the evenings. Uh, there's always someone around. One comment that we get quite often is that, oh, I, I won't know anybody there. Um, so my answer to that is tinted laugh introduce yourself they're 99% going to be one of our delegates and we've got a very very welcoming uh group um you know so pe people just love to share the passion you know it's, it's pretty much like the photography bar podcast but um you know actually at the bar so um <laughs> you know pe people just talk like this you know it's very uh very friendly and people you know if they're sat in a group I've seen it myself they'll they'll find somebody who's new and drag them over and say, come and sit with us and, you know, and, and they share the passion of, of photography and everything else what goes on in life. So um, I would have to yeah. jump in here just quickly. So I only became freelance a couple of years ago and it's a bit daunting going out on your own. And we've said it before, how you work primarily on your own and every now and again with, with a few people and it can feel quite isolating. And I was expecting to sort of experience that isolation. But when I spoke to other people, how much they wanted to share their knowledge and insights on things sort of blew my mind a little bit. Everybody was so helpful and so lovely. And I can only sort of recommend speaking to people you don't know. It's it's incredible how much they're willing to help you out. Um, it's it's amazing. And the great thing is once you've got that connection with someone, they're, they're, they're always there for guidance or help. And likewise, you know, we've seen in the past one photographer's gone ill can't make their wedding they pick up the phone and they ring somebody who they've met at an, an event or a convention uh or, or whatever it might be and and you know they go oh yeah i'm available don't worry i'll cover it for you you know and 
you know, it's that support network that, you know, that that's really needed. It's a, it's a very isolated industry. If you sat behind the computer on your own and you go off and you go and do your shoots and then you come back and, you know, um, the networking part of it's, you know, it's really important, um, you know, and, and, you know, like many things, you know, that, that only benefits everyone, um, you know, to, to help and share a network with each other. Yeah. And uh, there was something that you just said, Colin, which uh, I'm going to come back on to in a moment. And uh, but Sarah, just to sort of go from what you were saying there, I know that for a fact that we've had correspondence, we've had uh, emails and messages from people that listen to the show since we started it. It's now going back December 2019 from photographers who work on their own and that have said, we're so glad we love listening to the podcast because you are the, pretty much the only guys that I know within the industry and thinking the same things that I do as well. Um, and all of those so many of those people that are at this at the convention are in the same situation so yeah, yeah. you know as they work on their own so now tickets uh colin was uh i was going to say tickets and venue oh yeah <laughs> you did a great job <laughs> we, making me sure i do my job properly <laughs> i'm just enjoying chatting yeah. <laughs> so, we all uh, meet? <laughs> so so tickets uh treat your tickets are completely free of charge as long as if you pre-register before the 28th of february so uh, hopefully this podcast goes out before then. Uh, if not, somebody can pop me an email and I'll I'll make sure that you get a free ticket. So yeah, trade show tickets are free as long as you pre-register for them. Uh, stuff like masterclasses, they start from £75 for a day pass uh, and the full four days if you want to come for uh, the full four days and experience four days of education is just £250. Uh, of course, there's awards dinner tickets and super classes are a little bit more, but all that details are on our website. The convention is going to take place at the Novotel London West, which is in Hammersmith. Um, so really easy to get into, loads of uh, public transport and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's in Hammersmith. Excellent. Excellent stuff, Cam. You're on mute again. <laughs> okay, oh, so... Oh, dear. Anyway, we'll carry on as though nothing's happening. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that sounds great. And... Um, yeah, well, obviously, we'll, we'll send a link. Uh, if you obviously, you'll, we'll get you to send us a link, uh, Colin. So then we can put that on the episode and, and yep. maybe just uh, put some socials up a bit beforehand. Um, so yeah, sounds really cool. Okay. Right, right, I'm back on now. Okay, hey. because, <laughs> Colin, I just wanted to say that, and this was not scripted. It was something I was going to talk about actually, because you said that when people meet at the convention, and sometimes you know they're, they're making contact, and it might be that this is a wedding photographer who suddenly finds that they can't do the wedding because they're unwell and they phone up this person, somebody they met at the convention and they've been able to step in and, and jump in. Now uh, I'm sat at home today because I was saying to Mark just before we started this, that um, I did my knee in yesterday. Um, and I think, I think give it a, a day or so and it'll be fine. Or put it this way. I don't really have an option. It, it It's, it's got to be okay. And I'm having to keep my knee up and I've got a, 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 a strap that a knee strap that's, on it as well and it was just done through exercise anyway um i've not got any shoots on for the next couple of days but the rest of the week i've got a few things and I, these are the things that i can't reschedule and these these are things that i i need to actually go and do and with the wedding season sort of not you know it, it will come up on everyone i just wanted to say that if you are a wedding photographer out there do you have backup and we've spoken about this before do you have two or three people that you can call on in case you are unwell 
because it's a really important it's it's a really important thing to have because I know that there's a lot of photographers that work on their own will say to to the couples in their meetings that look I'm going to be your wedding photographer you've put me as your wedding photographer I'm going to do the most amazing photos for you and everything but 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 what if what's what's your backup plan and if photographers are out there and you don't have a backup plan you need to put that into place like straight away that should be a priority that should be number one on your list of things to do um to make sure that you contact somebody you find somebody somebody that you trust somebody who's not going to let you down because we are all prone to something happening it could be it, it could be unwell it could be a simple thing as just such a bad cold it could be a bad knee that i've got it could be just a family emergency or something it's something you know these things happen in life um so we, we, we saw it a couple of years ago it was literally on the day of the wedding someone uh someone said i can't do the wedding today yeah and it is literally in three hours can someone help luckily for that bride and uh bride and groom somebody stepped in and you know took it over and you know everything was was fine and you know it all worked out in the end uh but you just think wow if you don't have that support network around you and you you become unwell or you've got to get rushed into hospital and it's you know things yeah. can unravel very quickly can't they and what i do find mm. sort of slightly concerning I hadn't thought of this before, but more so now, now that we're actually just talking about it. I've noticed on social media, on some Facebook groups, there's some photographer and video groups and um, the number of photographers and video videographers that will put posts out saying, I'm looking for a second shooter to help me shoot this wedding. I'm looking for a second shooter to help me on video or help. I've double booked. Can anyone do this wedding for me? Can you cover it to film or whatever? And that's quite worrying because these people are actually booking weddings for mm. real bride and grooms without actually having staffing already in place before actually going to book anything. And that's quite worrying because, you know, we're lucky, though, in many ways. Let's praise it for a moment because you can find somebody last minute in a real emergency in these groups. And there's probably some very, very good people out there. But there's some people out there that you don't know who you're booking. If you know, if, you, mm. if you're if you're unwell the day before a wedding, you need to find somebody. Is Facebook is Facebook the right place to go on to go and find a photographer, you know, or a videographer to cover for you? Probably not. You know, if uh, you're left with no other option, you, then what else are you supposed to do? Well, yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that's what I'm saying, Sarah. You need to have your options yeah, beforehand, yeah. and that's mm. the thing, isn't it? You know, so just uh, so I'm so going we're to saying sort of... network. Everybody go and network. Yes. Well, there's your answer. You see, there's yeah. your answer. So, um, yeah. So there's your answer, Mark. Sorry, phones are ringing. It's all going on. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mark. Anything else? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, uh, there was well. There was a, there was an article I read. If I can talk, well, say briefly read. It's only a quick thing, um, but um, Rankin. We all know who that guy is. I'm guessing. Um, I saw a headline. I haven't read the rest of the story, but the headline was: "I've shot a lot of dandelions on fire. My wife hates the smell." And it did make me think. It did make me think about you know we're all photographers and and what what sort of things do you do that kind of infuriate i don't know your family members or or you know just one of those things of living with a photographer i remember back in the days when we did have film and i had to fill the fridge with a lot of velvia and provia and all that kind of stuff don't have to do that anymore i say now, i think my mine is just equipment all around the house not having sort of a dedicated i think that's the most annoying part of sort of running your own side of things is mm. everything being everywhere 
So it's not necessarily the pictures I'm taking as such. It's, you know, I've got a box with a printer somewhere. I've got light bags hanging around. I've got camera mm. bags dotted. Not the number that Cam has, obviously. Well, but there's still <laughs> you'd be hard few... pushed to do that. But... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know they say somebody with a messy desk is quite creative. Um, <laughs> my desk is an absolute state. It's just books everywhere, notepads everywhere. It is. It's just it's just the admin and the equipment. I have to say, someone said that to me when I was working. Said, "Oh, you're, you know." They said something like online. of, you know what a, a messy desk uh, uh, is? You know, it, it refers to Mark." I said, "What?" I said, "Well, a messy mind." So I looked over at that person's desk. It was completely clean and empty. So I said, "Well, what does an empty desk uh, represent?" <laughs> <Yeah>. then? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, creators can be messy, and it's just a thing. My desk is always messy. I'd, I'd agree with Sarah because you know it's like you know if I finish a shoot late and more inevitably you know it's, it's gone past you know your nine to five <laughs> you know by the time I've got home uh you know and I don't want to go back to the office I don't want to unload the car at the office you know open the doors up lock everything away there I just take it home and I can't leave it in the car so I'm going to unload a car which sometimes is packed with all the video gear okay all the photography gear that we use tripods lights camera bags cases everything and it all goes in in the hallway the door opens I'm home, right? you know, uh, and then my wife's saying, "Oh, you mark the wallpaper again, and you know, <laughs> put your bags away in these tripods, and you know, and uh, so yeah." Sarah, I'd, I'd go. I mean, go back years ago. I remember I used to sort of do a bit of printing uh, at my parents. You know, when I was my parents years ago, and mm. up in the bathroom when I used to do a bit of black and white stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> And then when I was processing color film as well, of course, that was all temperature controlled and everything, yeah. as well, right? You know, and uh, uh, with one of those Jobo machines that you could get that rotated on the drum and everything. So I guess that was back then. But now, yes, it's definitely equipment. How about definitely. you, Colin? Anything you can think of? Yeah, do I, I mean, I was just thinking of reiterating, probably back in uh, what you guys have all said. I, I remember the days when my dad used to. Uh, load the fridge full of film and all that kind of stuff and yeah. uh or, or would lock him in a dark room so we could um start processing film and all that kind of stuff uh but yeah equip equipment uh, is is always a is always a fun one and as you say you can't you can't leave it in the cars overnight and all that kind of stuff so mm. I can only uh, imagine know, with people with their studios at home now as well I've got a friend who does cake smashes and the baby shoots and stuff like this and it's all beautifully laid out, but I do imagine like where do where do you put all the stuff that you've got? You know, all all the props and things like this, and you know, does your home look completely different to how you actually live because it's full of baby outfits and cakes and and whatnot? I suppose going back to the original question of uh, you know you know what what kind of bugs your family and stuff, I think a lot of it would be down to hours and hours of post processing as well. You know, sat in front of the the you know the uh, computer processing images and uh doing all that kind of stuff you know we, we see it quite often through our members you know where they're up to the you know the early hours getting shoots done processed so they, mm. they're ready for their clients later on in the week so you know i think that that's a big bugbear uh with people so yeah i yeah, mean i'd probably, probably the one to add to the list I uh, definitely. I mean, I'd probably extend that by saying generally antisocial hours anyway. I mean, yeah. you know, in the summer, <laughs> we don't have any free weekends, do we? Which yeah. uh, is can 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 hurt the old social life, which of course <laughs> yeah. is bad for you, but also your loved ones as well. So I can I can understand that's probably a bugbear as well. Inevitably, though, when I if I have come home and uh, I need to get something, uh, you know, um, cards downloaded at least, or maybe quickly do a quick edit get something over to the client very very quickly something like that normally when i come down 
in the mornings is normally you know two, two or three empty mugs the biscuit box is there as well all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so you didn't tidy up after yourself <laughs> no that's right. i normally do but it happens occasionally it happens occasionally so i mean going back to equipment i guess it's also the never-ending having to buy new equipment as well i mean you know i was i was saying uh yeah uh I probably need to get another camera. And they're like, what, another camera? But you just bought one. So, yeah, but that was the first camera. Now I need another second camera. <laughs> and it's like, what do you need two for? <laughs> and also we keep boxes now, don't we? More so than ever before, in case you want to, you know, when you trade stuff back in. Yes. You know, I've, yes. Oh, I'm a box hoarder. I yeah. love to have the original packaging. <laughs> really nice and neat. Yeah. I know. And we have to these days because people, there's so much trading now than ever before. So but there's a value now, isn't there, because of eBay and Amazon and all of that now. So we all appreciate the fact that we need to keep the original box. I've mm. got hundreds of boxes of, uh, of boxes. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, all in the loft at know. the moment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good stuff. Mark, anything else, Sarah? Nothing on my part. Oh, no, I really no. enjoyed hearing a lot more about the show yeah. and what's to come up. And I'm looking forward to visiting it. It would be great to see you, see you all there. I presume we're, we're doing a podcast live there again, or yes. not live, but yes. we're on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I do we'll I, I loved listening to the one from last year. What was great about it is that you cap really captured the atmosphere of the event and you listen back to it and you hear all the people talking, all, all the conversations going on in the background, and you're talking to one of the exhibitors or one of the speakers, and it really captures because obviously when I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm sorting this out, I'm sorting that out. And I never have that time to kind of like sit back and reflect on what's actually going on. So listening to the podcast yeah. was uh, was really cool when I got home and I got to kind of like experience experience the atmosphere myself in a uh, a less chaotic way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. No, I'm looking forward to seeing you all all there again and uh, looking seeing, uh, forward to uh, hearing what, what comes out of the podcast. Good stuff. Awesome Great. stuff. Thank you, guys. Mark, do you want to sign off? Yes, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Thank you, Colin, for, for joining us today. And uh, yes, um, do make your way um, to the link that we will we'll be posting out as far as getting tickets to the Society's uh, trade show. Um, it's, uh, what's that? Oh, I've already forgotten now. I know it ends on the uh, 18th. It starts at the 15th. 15th to the 18th of Yes, March. there we go. 15th. 15th to you the 18th You were paying attention, Mark. Well done, you. <laughs> I was paying attention, yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, do make your way down there. You never know. You might even get to meet us, you lucky devils. Um, so, yeah, um, please uh, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff you have to do with podcasts to, to, to give us a follow and all that kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you at the next one. Bye for now. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs>